0: All right, did you hear it? Yes, sir. All uh, We're live. Hey, everybody, this is Sam Urea with Immigration and Travel. Uh, I'm very excited today to have my friend uh, from high school, Jude. Yes, uh, known sir. Other for, for a long time, Uh haven't seen you in a while, so I'm happy to see you here through Zoom. Yeah, uh, man. How you doing, brother?
1: Being good, man. How are you enjoying the life?
0: Where are you located right now?
1: Right now, I'm in Sacramento, Sacramento, California.
0: Okay, uh, you were in L.A. for a while, right?
1: Yeah, um, I go back and forth between Sac and L.A. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool, cool. So, I guess update me a little bit. What's your life been like these past what ten years since uh, we graduated high school?
1: Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a journey. Just <laughs> you know, I try to go to college and yeah, really didn't really, you know, work out. So it's been ups and downs, but it's going good now. So. That's good.
0: <laughs> So what are you up to nowadays? I know you got a music career going and uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think your brother uh, does the same, right?
1: Yeah. 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 No, just uh, making music and I also throw shows and events and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: Cool, man. And is that mostly in Sacramento or are you kind of going to State?
1: Yeah, mostly out of Sacramento. Yeah, I don't think I've really done anything so far in Sacramento this year.
0: Okay, cool, man. Um, Well, the topic of interest that I have with you is um, kind of obviously the topic of this of this podcast, which is immigration and travel. Uh, I know that when we met, you know, as as a young guy, as an adolescent, you're not really too focused on people. It, it, it's it's a first of all, immigration is is a sensitive subject. You can't really just go asking around, like, "Hey, yeah. man, why are you here?" Why I feel like when we were young, you can't, that was more offensive than anything. Like, "Hey, mm-hmm. where are you from?" It's like, yeah. you from "Where are am from," I'm I'm not I'm not gonna tell you where I'm from. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah.
1: but
0: but as as we grow older, um, and as we kind of develop our you know things that we're into. Uh, life has kind of guided me through hearing a lot of people's immigration stories. And uh, that's made me want to hear more and more. And I started remembering friends from high school, friends from college. Um, and, and it's crazy because like I just said, it's been 10 years since, since uh, high school. And in those 10 years, so many things have happened. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's cool to like go back and, and kind of ask and, and see where people have been, if people have moved, people have stayed. Uh, but then I started remembering. I was like, "Okay, Judas Jude from I think he was born in Nigeria. I think he, I think I remember him telling me that he was he was born and I don't know how old he was when he moved from Nigeria, but I think you remember enough to give me a story, you know? I know his family's from Nigeria. So, um, what what age exactly did you come to the states?
1: I was about eight years old when I came out here.
0: Okay, and. Um, I guess, from what age do you remember any memories of, of being in, in, and by the way, which, which city was it in Nigeria that you were born?
1: I lived in Enugu, Enugu, uh, Nigeria. Okay. But I come from the village of Obato, which is a very small village in Enugu, Nigeria.
0: Yeah. Okay. And is that, so that's a village
1: of, up around how many people? Um, Obato probably has, I'd say like five hundred people max.
0: Five hundred people. That's crazy, man. It how would you say they live? what are the living conditions like? Are they small houses? It's
1: very rural. And in the village is very rural. So, you know, it's like um plains, you know, a lot of sand, you know, it's it's like the house structures that you know you would It's not the, you know, best house structures, unless someone has money and comes in there and builds a brick house. Like, you know, it's very, you know, mediocre structures outside uh, kitchens, you know, like you're cooking outside and stuff like that. Um, I mean, some people I'm sure in the village have now have stoves and stuff, but when I was growing up out there, yeah, that was, we was just outside cooking it.
0: That's crazy. So how many siblings do you
1: have? Siblings or my, like, direct, yeah. like, my brothers and sisters?
0: Yeah, I guess, how, like, how big was your family when you were growing up?
1: Well, when I was growing up, we had, so together I have five kids in my family. There's three, uh, three uh, guys, two girls. Um, my youngest sister was born in America. She was the only one born in America. So there was four of us in Nigeria, but there was always so many family members because, you know, our cousins and we'd all live in the same place, you know. So and uh, but we always moved around too, because my mom came to America first before us, like three years before us, so to get everything started. So we were always moving around, going like from family to family and like my sister might be over here and I'll be over here and my brother will be over here, you know? So.
0: And would you say, cause I think if that happened in the States, you would look at that family like, Oh, there's something happening there. You know, there's no parent, one siblings here, the other one's there, but that's more normal in Nigerian families, right?
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, there's so the family construct is just so much, uh, so together, like, mm-hmm. you know, like your uncles are really gonna take care of you you know you can they can drop me off from my uncles like even now I'm like my uncle takes care of uh my his brother's children you know just because he's in a position to be able to do that better and it's not looked down upon it's just like the family like the whole con- like family works together you know so it's like so they don't look down upon you for being with your grandma, because like, or being with your, you know, whoever can take care of you at the time.
0: So it's quite normal to uh, maybe was it was your family any different? Uh, Because you said you have five siblings, right? And uh, what let's not count your your youngest sister, because we're we're still talking about just Nigeria. So Mm -hmm. did you have a lot of interaction? Because I think in American families, you'll have a lot of interact if you have two, three siblings, you
1: remember Mm
0: -hmm. everything with those siblings. But for you, been a case of I remember not just my siblings. I remember like cousins, my friends. Yeah. No, yeah,
1: yeah. No, yeah. Definitely friends. And me and my bigger brother were always, most most of the time we were kept together. So that's like I, most of my memories were with him, you know? And uh, yeah. So, I mean, I do remember a lot. It's crazy. It feels like a whole different life I lived before coming here. Because I remember my dad owned like a, a drugstore over there, like a pharmacy uh out there and uh you know it's just it was always hectic when we stayed there just because they had neighbor problems and it was like in the slums it's called uh the place is called Ibupatri it's like slums bro I went back there yeah. and I'm like it's still the same <laughs> like it's, it's really? <laughs> sad. it was kind of sad when I went back there because I was like damn like sheesh
0: that's crazy so Walk me through like your first memories being there. So your mom was still there, right? She hadn't left yet.
1: Yeah, my mom was still there when we were in Iva. And uh, like my memories there were, you know, mostly just going to school, playing around, having fun. But I just always remembered we had like confrontation with our neighbors. Like I was too young to really understand what the confrontation was about, but it was like, Like my mom lost her two points, type.
0: Oh, it was straight physical confrontation. Yeah. That's crazy. Damn, your mom was, your mom was a fighter.
1: <laughs> Man, everybody's a it. fighter, huh? he has gone through it. I think, honestly, she's never fixed that teeth.
0: <laughs> Dang, hey, dude. Well, I mean, it's not like in, in America where you can have yeah. a, a bit of a crookedness and you freak out and go get it fixed. People in yeah. different countries, they, yeah dental, what it care. Is. dental care is not a priority if you're missing the tooth you're missing too who cares yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, well, do you remember what that conflict was about with the neighbors like what why was it happening
1: i don't know i feel like the stories i've heard is just because my parents uh, and my mom they've always been like dedicated to trying to get out you know and i feel like People looked down upon them, especially in the area we were living at, because it was like, just really, it was a violent area, it was like, very slummy, you know, like, so like, they just, you know, thought that we had our noses up and stuff, you know, like, and stuff like that. That's what I heard, you know, but, it, you know, that was like, 20 years ago, 20 some years ago, so. Yeah, yeah. But but it was, it was constant, like, we had a break thrown through the window one night, like, it was constant, like, it was just always a feud when we lived there you know.
0: Yeah you know I remember when I was in I lived in Colombia until I was 12 so I spent a little bit more time um, and, and like we were saying before we started recording uh, being eight years old in Nigeria is not being eight years old in the states being 12 years old in Colombia definitely not the same as, as in the states it just takes a way slower pace to develop in the United States and for good reason you know there's no real fast reason to grow up in, in a country uh, like the United States, but it was the same thing. Like, <clears throat> I remember being seven or eight, same same exact thing that you just said, a brick being, uh, being thrown through the window, uh, kind of a bad neighborhood. And mm-hmm. that's just your life. Like you, you think that that just happens like everywhere. Right. And then
1: yeah.
0: because of that's our so in circumstances, we realize that that's not the way, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough life to, to grow up in, in places like that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, okay. So then you're five years old and then when, so you're, you're, you're in the situation where your neighbors and your family doesn't get along. And then what kind of broke the camel's back? Like, did something make your mom go, all right, I'm leaving. Had she, had been boiling it up for a while.
1: Um, well, it kind of tensed down because like my uncles, like I had a big family, like they came, they got involved and like, they helped like calm the situation down. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a lot, but I know that it, it was like at a point where they just didn't speak to us, you know, they just didn't talk to us, you know, so
0: but just your neighbors to what to the left? How how was the neighboring structure there? Was it like houses to the so, right,
1: left? It was, yeah, houses to the right, houses to the left. It was almost like a tunnel, like a barrier, like you know, there's houses and there's like an alleyway, you know. Yep. Yeah, so it was just a very overpopulated little area.
0: Uh huh. And you have to yeah. see your neighbors every single day. It's not. Like, yeah you just yeah. stay in your own space. and
1: a lot of them weren't really working you know so they're just like you know they're there you know yeah like <laughs> <laughs> you gonna see them man you gonna see them
0: that's something that uh i, I noticed in egypt is it's people not doing a lot all day they just go get coffee they smoke mm-hmm. they go do something i don't even know what else they do and then they come yeah. back and do coffee and sit around again and they everybody knows each other it's like a big village everybody knows each other but it's fine it's it's like sitting around is is fine i don't know if it's because of lack of employment hopelessness because if i live in a place that's overpopulated and everybody's telling me there's no jobs i'm probably gonna be like well why would i even go out there and look for one you know so
1: and it's like a lot of times you find jobs and those kind of like my aunt she works as a nurse like uh A pretty high-end nurse at her establishment and she makes like $60 a month you know yeah so it's like why would you like at that point it's like quit like you know like would you work I mean for them $60 a month is enough like the rent is $20 a month like you know it works like you know mathematically but it's like you can make $60 a month begging at the airport
0: yeah 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 that's, I was thinking about uh, thinking about that recently. Uh, I forget who was telling me their wage. And I was like, you're working 12 hours a day just to make, we're talking about one single day. Then you add yeah. all those hours up to a month to make this amount of money. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be working. I told them. I said, yeah. i been trying to hustle, do some other stuff. I don't yeah. know what I'd get into, but yeah. I'm working a regular job.
1: That's why Nigerians are fucking famous for scamming, because you get one scam, you know, you scam one person, you make a thousand dollars. That's good for the year, you know. <laughs>
0: it's thing like are, like the, the bad habits that people have in all these countries are a byproduct of the crappy governments that are running. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You can blame the people for, for having this, but they're being cheated every day. What are, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do? You can't play clean.
1: Nah, yeah. Yeah, I, it, I feel like it'd be so depressing to work an honest job work hella hard and just know like you're still living in a horrible situation you got to take care of your kids like you got to pay for transportation at the end of the day it's like it's just working to exist like
0: dude it's crazy yeah even in America people are like doing nine to fives you know and you're getting yeah. pretty good compared to the rest of the world, they're getting paid. Yeah. But even in Europe, people make really bad wages. I was in Eastern European countries uh, asking, like, how much does, you know, a job like this make? And they would give me numbers like 500 bucks a month, 900 bucks a month. And I'm like, hold up. So your rent's about 400 bucks, which for American standards, mm-hmm. and that's not a lot, but to mm-hmm. their standards, it's a lot. 500 yeah. bucks, then let's say, you know, you have this, that, and the other expense, And then throw on top of that, like, the pandemic. So, for example, my friend is a fitness trainer, makes decent money, and Mm. the the government didn't back her up when the pandemic happened, so she used up all her savings. Um, I don't know how even people in Europe survive. I keep thinking, holy shit, the United United States is just crazy opportunity, man. Like, I don't blame anybody, absolutely anybody for wanting to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what people don't understand, like – I feel like people from here don't fully understand like how crazy of an opportunity it is here. Like, like I don't know, like you can really come here and be homeless. And in a few years, like if you put, if you're doing something, you know, you, could, you can thrive to the point where you're helping people. Like, especially if you're from a different country. Like if I send back a thousand, not even a thousand, say if I send back a hundred dollars a month to one person, don't have to work (laughs) like in nigeria like they don't have like you know but uh that's the thing too you don't want to do that you don't want to make people cripple people
0: yeah but i mean I, i get it a lot of people i think in cuba is it cuba is a country i don't know if you know a lot about it i i don't know a lot but what i do know is it's super 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 communist uh it's even like a you're considered a smuggler if you're growing rice growing vegetables, like literally the basic fucking things Damn. in life. And um and 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 I asked I, I need to do an interview with, with a girl from Cuba. I, I have it pending. But she, I I was telling her, I was like, how how do people have money? Like who like every society has the rich and everybody and every society has the poor. Who's rich yeah. in Cuba? There has to be like an, an elite. And she said, well besides the government,
1: the government, yeah.
0: Besides the government, the people who get send money back from the states. The the ones yeah. that are like you just said are getting a hundred two hundred bucks. Yeah, they're living good because and they're not doing shit, but at the same time, yeah. they can't do shit because they, they're not even allowed to grow rice. So yeah. it's, it's this weird fucking circular crap mm-hmm. that leaves like you those words you're using are perfect, leaves people crippled, bro. They yeah. can't do anything, man. So yeah. it's it's just crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, anyways, you were saying you were in, uh, your village, uh, you had conflicts with your neighbors and so, then... no,
1: not in the village, in the village. So the village oh, is no. where my grandma, where my grandma lived on my, my dad's side in the village. We didn't have no conflict that we really, we had conflict every now and then, but it wasn't no real conflict. Like we did in that small city. So in that small city, is where we live, when my, where my mom and dad uh, were able to like, afford housing at that time. So, oh, okay. So that's where, that's, where, uh, that's where we had a confrontation a lot. In the village, that's where we'd go for Christmas. And even when we lived oh, over there, we okay, went okay. back to village for Christmas, you know, and stuff like it was never really, most, most happier memories were in the village.
0: Okay. Okay. So I I was thinking about it. Uh, in in the wrong setting. So it was in in. Uh, remind me the pronunciation. Enugu, right? No.
1: Enugu. Enugu. Uh. So the village is there. Both places are in Enugu. Okay. The village is in Obato, Obato, which is uh that's the village I'm from, and then uh, the city where I lived in was called Iva, Iva Potri, Iva Potri, uh, and that's uh. That's where we had confrontations often, you know? but that's where my mom and dad lived together, and that was before my mom left, you know, to come to America.
0: And your parents are still together to this day.
1: Yes, yes. My dad is. Uh, my dad is sick though, so he's. Uh, he moved back to Nigeria, is living with a family. So yeah. Really. Yeah.
0: So how long has that been since he moved back?
1: It's been it's been a while. Like he's, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and but he's
0: isn't is I don't want to ask what, what what's going on with him. But did he um did he think the healthcare in the states was too much, or what was the reason for him? Did, did does he think it being around family while he's sick is, is a better kind of treatment?
1: Yeah, because what he uh, he has is early onset dementia, mm. so um medical out here, I mean it's that's really not the problem. It's more of like the community, you know, like uh oh, true. is it too fast paced out here for all of us to be in the house in my you know my mom's house and just taking giving the same kind of care he's getting over there. Like the whole community, you know like yeah.
0: Yeah I like what you're saying is you could be sitting in your mom's house with you guys. But well, that's mm-hmm. nothing like the interaction that he's gonna get from just mm-hmm. everyday life. Like you don't need energy yeah. you're living in yeah.
1: I'm sure and, well, We uh we uh we move around like me. I move around a lot, I travel a lot. Um, I throw shows and my brother, he's the same way, so it's like he doesn't get that one on one uh the one on one attention that he really needs out here. I see.
0: And how old is your father, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, my he's like fifty eight. He's quite young. Yeah, that's why I was early onset. Yeah, it was.
0: He was just kind of forgetting things, and you guys noticed.
1: Yeah, he was forgetting things, but it got really bad. It got really bad at one point. Like we uh, we had to like do a search party for him because he was missing one time. So, uh...
0: got it. Okay um but back to what he was doing in Nigeria you said when you guys were living in the city were both your parents working together did they both have separate jobs
1: um i mean they were both my my mom had a job as a nurse she's always been a nurse so she yeah. uh she, she had patients she took care of and she would work at hospitals you know when she had the job one and one on strike, so they were always both working, both doing something, but he actually studies as an architect, you know, Um, and he was an artist as well, so, but, um, yeah, they were just, you know, they, in Nigeria, he was most likely, most, more more surviving, you know, he was just running the business, day-to-day stuff, it wasn't until we came to America that he started doing more of his ventures and stuff. Got
0: it, so, how, how was school in, in Nigeria? Do you remember? Because you were going yeah. to school in the village first, right? And then you moved to the city, and and I'm sure the schooling was totally different.
1: I actually didn't go to school in the village. Um, I just, yeah, I didn't go to school in the village. I was just mostly uh, hanging out and uh, learning stuff from, you know, like grandma and stuff like that. But we had, like, a scouts program and stuff like that that was, like, But uh, in the city, I went to school in Iva when I lived in Iva when I lived with my mom and my dad, me and my brother would walk walk to school together every morning. And uh, school was just, you know, in Nigeria, you still get, you still get like spanked, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're spanked, dealt, you know, when you're fucking up in school, they still did that stuff. So I was always like, I got in trouble every now and then, so yeah
0: dang um was the language being taught in school was it your local language and a different one how how many languages were you being kind of raised with so
1: we were always kind of taught English but yeah I didn't really get into English until like when my mom left and she was already in America that's when I started taking English but I never really took it serious because in my mind and I, I wasn't gonna come here I, uh, like i i ran away before we actually came here like when they like we were actually supposed to like fly away i tried to run away and the uh neighboring village like told on me so
0: oh shit okay so now i want to hear about your mom um think how did she how did she i, I guess you don't have to go into detail but she was just tired of life in, in Nigeria and she figured out a way to come to the United States, the, those like three or four.
1: She's always wanted to come to the US, you know, she's always had her vision on coming out here when she was done with uh, schooling, you know, so her situation was, she basically took borrowed money from everyone she could in my family, like my, my grandpa, everybody, her dad, and uh she applied for her uh she had to take this, she took this program that if you get if you get to be a nurse, like they'll bring you out here, you know. Like wow. it's like this program, you know, and you have to like be really top top of your, you know, peers and stuff like that. And then the testing was done in a different country that you needed a passport for, you know. So just for that, she like Used all her money just to do that and get the testing, and she didn't have enough to get them, to actually get the passport to go to the other country to do the testing.
0: Do you remember and what other country they were doing that testing at?
1: No, I don't even remember. I want to say something, but I, I don't I don't. I, it's so it's so vague to me. And um, she went, you know, she got on the flight still, like to to go there. And without a passport, without any paperwork. And, like, it was, like, legit. She says it's an, it was, like, an angel that, like, guided her through the lines. Like, made her walk around everybody and just helped her get in. Like, and she was just, like, standing, like, sweating, like, worried the whole time. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what's the process that's going to happen? That she said someone just walked up and told her, please follow me. And, like, took her out of the line. And like, yeah. So I was, like. Very
0: divine, yeah. You know. So she was so you know, all, all credit to your mom that going to school in a, in a country like we were just mentioning, that you, you don't feel like, oh, if I go if I do the right thing, I'm only going to make this much. But I think yeah. your mom had enough dignity to go, oh, no, I want to be a nurse and I'm going to get yeah. through this. And it's very similar to my mom, like from listening to other family members. Uh, about how my mom used to think they always tell me your mom used to be obsessed with going to the United States and she she's yeah. never really told me that she's you know we just came together mm-hmm. and it seems like your mom was pretty similar she just had yeah. it in her head I want to go to the United States and yeah. I think one of the best ways to go is to be a very highly educated person you give yourself every yeah. single chance and I don't know what year this was can you uh, do you remember what year that was
1: man I couldn't I couldn't put dates on any of this just because like it's so it's such a fog I and mean, like her story and that's like not even the craziest part like her story is just like because that's not even her to get here that's just for her to do the test you know and I was just like one obstacle and then she needed to raise more money you know it was just like it was just like so much for her to get here it was like and then when she got here she had absolutely nothing you know so she got nothing she had a job but she didn't have a place to stay. She didn't have, you know, anything. So it was just like, she just landed and they just told her like, you, we know this person that lives over here, give them a call and see if you can like, that's just, it was like land, call somebody and hope, pray that they can help you for a few days, you know?
0: And she, okay, so left Nigeria to go test for her entry into the United States. That's what it was, right?
1: No, not her entry into the U.S., but for her entry into uh, into this nursing program, just ah, into the program, you know, just into the that program. Could get her, yeah, that could eventually get her there. So it's just like she spent so much just to do that, and it's just like most people in Nigeria don't have the kind of money to do that kind of, you know, to get there. So it's like she bankrupted them and my family, you know, to, to yeah. come here you know but uh, it worked out yeah
0: i mean i guess when you have a big family um and everybody chips in even mm-hmm. if it's a little bit i mean yeah. it could add, add up to being enough and um man and she has
1: some sponsors you know like some people that we that my uh grandpa knew that were like really well off that and that's the thing about nigeria like if you know someone that's rich and you really know them like there's no shame in asking for some money. Like, <laughs> like, it's crazy. People are like, whenever I go back, I'm not even rich like that. But whenever I go back, I know like, I have money that I take just to give out. Like I, I set this aside just to give out. Cause I know like, they like you. You're in America. Like I know you're doing better than us. Like you got something. You got something. <laughs> like, can't go there,
0: going guys. I'm broke. Like they're not. They're not yeah, going to. Can't go there.
1: Like I'm broke. They're like, what the <laughs> like, Sw-, like switch spots. Like let me take your passport and go back. Yeah. Like, like...
0: <laughs> nah, I remember being what 20. It was 2014. I was I wasn't working. Like I think I was still in college, and I was actually broke. But going back to Columbia and we went to the club with like my friend and his cousin, and. Uh, a couple other people, and they asked me to chip in, and I said, I don't have any money, and I d- truly didn't have any money. Damn, you got in a fight with these people because they thought I was pulling their leg. I was like, bro, I truly don't have money to, like, buy this right now. They're like, dude, you live here. Yeah. I was 20, 21 at the time, but it, it's not an excuse to say that. not an
1: excuse, bro. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, bro. If you came to America and you come back, you have to have something. Like They're just like, Bro, even when I was, like, I think it was, like, 18 and I'd go back. I'd have grown-ass men, like, <laughs> being, like, come on, what do you have for me? Uh, like, if you have something, like, at least $5, you know, like, what do you have for me? You know, like, so it's, like, and, like, if it's not family, because that happens everywhere. Like, even when you're on the street, like, people feel like you're American. Like, they're just going to come, like, you know. So if it's not family, you have to be, like, you know, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but, you
0: yeah. Since you mentioned that, so going back to Nigeria and every every time that you go back, do you feel like people recognize you as American based on the way you dress or based on the things you wear? Yeah,
1: it's the way I dress, just the fact that I wear shoes everywhere. Ah. Like that's just like, that's like your sore thumb. Like if you're wearing shoes, like, because there's people who live in Nigeria, even the rich people, they don't wear shoes. They wear sandals, you know, they wear nice sandals, you know stuff so like when, when they see the shoes come out they either think you're american or you're trying to you know the shoes and like the just like the the sports the sportswear you know like
0: but honestly you can't really wear i mean where i'm at right now is senegal i'm saying what i thought was uh i mean I, you could call it a nice area it, it is a nice area but there's sand everywhere like if i had a, a pair of white sneakers here i wouldn't wear them because you get you get sand in your shoes. Uh, uh, just, it's not like clean pavement everywhere where you can get yeah. shoes clean and show them off. So there's a reason why they wear sandals, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I still wear shoes just because, yeah, it just... Because you're not I used to the sandals. I, yeah, I'm not used to the sandals. And it's like you come back and your feet's just all dirty. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. But, yeah, it's... And I also, the way I talk, like the way I talk. Yeah. Cause there are some, like, when I go to the clubs in Nigeria, like, hold on. Yeah. When I go to clubs in Nigeria, people are dressed up. Like, you know, people are, man, drip down. And like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wealth in Nigeria. Like, that's a crazy thing. Cause I, you know, like. There's billionaires in Nigeria, like a lot of them, like, and you know, because there's oil in Nigeria, so it's just like the, the disparity from wealth of wealth is just like crazy. Like when you see rich people out there, like I'll go to clubs out there, and I'll see people throwing like, because it's like African culture throw money, like Nigerian culture throw money, like at the dances or whatever. Like, but um, yeah, they'll just be throwing money at the musicians performing. And it's like the equivalent of like ten dollars, you know each each bill they're throwing. Damn, you know, like they're like really. I'm like, for them, for I, I would never dare. Like, and they're just throwing a lot of it. So you it's have like it lets, you,
0: know. you have the pure definition of fuck you money. Tell yeah. the population this is how much. Like, there's people starving outside. Here's ten bucks that is probably gonna get swept under the rug. You know, mm-hmm.
1: no, for real. That's and they're just true. throwing that shit. I'm like, damn. Yeah, no, the wealth out there is crazy. Like when you see shit. Like when you go to the nice areas and nice clubs, you really do see like crazy cars that shouldn't even be in Nigeria. Like there's no way that you can drive these comfortably through these roads. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like but people would just buy them just to say they have them.
0: Just to flex, man. It's <laughs> out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, how do you think those people make the money? They just they, they know somebody they hustle. They, they cheat the system. somehow. it's
1: hustle. It's hustlers, scammers. Scammers are always like number one. Like scamming is undefeated because you're just making clean. It's all profit, you know. So so I feel like the scammers is the people that make a lot of money, especially young, young people. Then the oil people, like the older people, the oil families are all billionaires. So they're, you know, they're making export, you know, like we have cashews, we have cocoa, like export. The richest man in Nigeria, Dongote, is um, like, I think it's like 14 or some maybe more, some crazy billion that he has documented, or maybe like 42, something like that, off exports. That, I actually know
0: that guy's name because Nigeria is huge on soccer. They love soccer. Yeah. They mm-hmm. follow all the English teams. My team is Arsenal. And I think they would remind me is his Dangote, right. Mm-hmm. He's an art. He's a huge Arsenal fan. And so uh, he, he was, uh, he g- gave an interview. I don't know. How, I don't know how many years ago, but he wanted to buy the club. So I actually mm-hmm. know who the guy is and to be able to buy the Arsenal, I think it's, um Estimated at around 2.6 billion. So, yeah. for Nigerian to want to buy a club, he has to be yeah.
1: loaded. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah no, that man, that rich, bro. I mean, it's, I think, I think it might be 42 billion was his estimated that word. But yeah, off exports. So exports is a lot of another way. What how people get you know crazy wealth, wealth. and then imports, importing things mm-hmm. from America and stuff like that is another way i mean there's ways like you can create wealth out there i've I've been able to see like how people can create wealth like i sent a car back there you know like and sold it you know the cars are you can buy a salvage car out here and sell it over there for just a car
0: do you so you shipped it to nigeria is what you said
1: yeah yeah
0: do you have to break it all down and sell and no you you ship it on a ship
1: put it on a cargo boat you know, on a cargo box, shit. That shit. <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> so like, that's I see awesome. ways. I be I can see ways now that people can make profit out there. It's just you need a lot of wealth that they don't have. like. I can expect someone in Nigeria to come up with seven thousand dollars. Like if you tell them to come up with seven thousand dollars, like sheesh, like that's like seven years of of you know, yeah, of and, work.
0: and and that's more of a U.S. mentality where everybody can make their own money and they only pay mm-hmm. for their own stuff. I mean, you talk to somebody out there, they might have a brother who, like, why would yeah. I spend 7K? I have to help. If I even make 1K, I'm sharing it. Or I have a kid. Yeah. Or I have a yeah. wife.
1: Yeah, for real. If you even make 1K, you're sharing it. Like, my uncle lives in Nigeria and he takes care of, still, a lot of my family members, like, even though, like, my mom takes care of a lot of them. But, he's the first person like because he lives there he's the first person every day like when i go there and i stay at his house it's legit like a meeting people will come over bring him a gift sit down and cry about their problems like and and then like you know
0: that's crazy oh man all of this stuff is so interesting to me man um i was gonna ask you what because you mentioned a lot of scamming, can you give me a few examples of how people scam? Is it like an international thing online? Is it scamming each other in Nigeria? Like what are some of the ways?
1: Um, I mean, scamming each other is probably the least profitable. The most profitable would be scamming, you know, the U S or Canada or like Europe and like those foreign countries, because like I said, you know, they don't have to scam every day for them. And that's like, if they hit one scam, if they were really, you know, when you make fast money, you don't, you don't save, you know? So when they make that fast money, if they were really smart with it, they make a thousand dollars. that can last my year in Nigeria, you know, if they were they're not smart, if they were like living, like my aunt was living, you know? But once you get that thousand dollars in a day, you're going to spend a hundred of it that day you know and that's just, <laughs> yeah that's just, that's just how it goes so it lasts like
0: but what, last. how how do they scam give me at least one example of how they scam these people
1: in america um so it's like the oldest one is the one where like it's like they go for old people and like they ask them for like something to help somebody out and they just make they call they call
0: they call United States United States States.
1: or email or email Uh no but there's so many ways like getting fake information uh just scanning for information putting out uh viruses on porn on porn sites you know just like they you know they'll put stuff on porn sites you know just so like you know the shit that pops up and like, if you click on that, you might get scammed, you know? So it's just like, and they're not, you might not get scammed that day. They might just be fishing for information and then they catch information. So it's like a lot of fishing till you get someone, you know? So it's like, but each time for them, each time they get someone, if it's a US, like it's just a crazy payday, you know? But I'm, there's so many different things. Like, I don't really know scamming like that, but there's so many different ways.
0: I guess. And that's the thing is like we know the main ones, but
1: there's always these. There's, there's so many different ways. ones. Yeah, that you have to. I know people. I know people who do it. You know, I know people who do. It. I just don't really communicate with them about it. But yeah, it's just it's a way of life out there for sure. Yeah, I
0: mean, what I, I feel like in Nigeria, you know, everyone, you know, somebody who's doing bad things, somebody who's doing good things. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. so many people that you're just bound to run into all kinds of personalities, all kinds of people that are doing things. So
1: I, I the crazy thing is I don't even think the government considers scamming a bad thing. Like, I don't think no one cares.
0: I mean, it's like seeing these, I was, I was telling you each like these Egyptian kids, uh, uh, carrying merchandise on their donkey carriages. And it's like, yeah, Like, that's illegal anywhere in the world. To me, it's a five-year-old. He doesn't have a license. He's 10 years away, at least, from taking Mm -hmm. a test. Doesn't go to school. I mean, how many violations are there already in the United States from this example? (laughs) Another one in Egypt that I remember is, you know, those tricycle motorcycles, the tuk-tuks? They're, like, mostly Mm -hmm. taxis. I don't know if Nigeria has
1: them. Yeah, yeah. We called them uh, keke keke. That's what
0: we call. Yeah, they're just quick ways to transport around, Mm -hmm. especially right. Yeah, Um, and those are driven by teenagers in in Egypt, and they actually go the wrong way on main streets, main highway streets, and everybody, every actual driver with a legitimate car hates them because they don't give a crap. They just they those zigzag through traffic. They if you hit them, there's no insurance. I mean. Every liability you can think of, um and, and so it's like how unregulated can a country yeah. be that on yeah. its roads you have reckless young drive? And d- dude, you, we all drove when we were sixteen in the states; we were all nuts. Imagine yeah. the, Egypt driving at sixteen, a little motor fucking, a little tricycle yeah. thing. You know?
1: <laughs> no, for real. And it's like and they just don't have the laws set up in the first place to even be able to like do anything about it like you know you have to it's like they don't have the not laws but organization like you have the the first organization to start like keeping people you know keeping track of who has a license you know like (laughs) that's just a like if you've never started that's such a big thing to start like you know and just try try to get everybody's information like if you've never done it like like it's like where do you start like
0: you know well it is the overpopulation like 100 and yeah. I forget the exact number of population in Nigeria but it's like for every cop there's 2,000 people if not, I don't yep. know if I've ever made that sort of like comparative conversion but something crazy right like how yeah. are they going to keep track of anybody how is some police guy how is he going to you know make himself how is he going there's not not even time to pull anybody over Yeah, pulled over.
1: No, but they do pull people over all the time.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. But I'm saying everybody
1: did on a big scale. (laughs) Yeah, they pull everybody over for some money, like.
0: Oh, um, true that. True that. Yep. Absolutely. But. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy world out there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, focus back on your story. Your mom leaves. And you were telling me she might be able to tell me her particular story, which I'm yeah. excited about. So then she makes it to the states, and what happens from there?
1: So she makes it to the states, and uh, she's she starts off. She gets here, and uh, she wasn't even able to get the position that she went to school for because they're saying that her credits didn't transfer. So now she has to start as a CNA like a low level nurse like she went to school all this time you know to become an RN you know to a registered nurse so she like all that schooling that she did was I mean it wasn't pointless because it helped her be able you know, to, to be able to do it faster but she still had to wait like two years before she was able to get her position that she you know she wanted and she was just working uh, low paying wage you know nurse jobs and what city um, was this? She located in Sacramento, in Citrus Heights. Oh, she came straight to SAC. She came straight to SAC. Well, no, um, she was in Houston for a little bit, not like working or anything. And then uh, in Dallas, in Dallas. And then she came to SAC. Then she came to SAC. And then, uh, yeah, then she moved to, she was like, you know, struggling, getting an apartment, just getting by. Like, her stories to get to work just, like, were so crazy. She would just take buses, you know, all the way until she got her first little beater. And it took her three years from when she got here to buy a house and have everything set up, you know, for us.
0: I mean, that, don't you think that, that was that, really fast?
1: That's was really, really fast. Yeah, 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 I was going to say. Yeah. So that was really fast. But, you know, for a kid, it didn't seem fast, you know, without your mom, you know, like in in Nigeria, it was like, it didn't seem fast, you know, I didn't see her for three years. I just talked to her on the phone and stuff, so.
0: And you're a mama's boy, you pretty close with her?
1: Yeah, I would say, I would say, I would say. Um,
0: how were those three years in Nigeria without her?
1: Um, That's when we did the most move, you know, that's when we were going around, Family, the family more, and just a lot of different schools and stuff. It was uh, it was. I think I that's when I really got into living my life in Nigeria. That's like when I started feeling like my own person, and like I had friends that I felt like I couldn't leave at the time. You know, like I had attachments and like schedules, things that I like doing. So I really didn't want to come to America, like, when it was time to come here, I was just like, no, like, why would I come to America? And I didn't take my English classes serious, so I didn't speak good English at all. So I was like, I did not want to come here, like.
0: Yeah. I mean, your mom was telling you the whole time that she was in the States, like I'm doing this to bring you guys here eventually. So you, in your head, you kind of knew that that was going to happen, but even still you never psychologically wanted to.
1: Yeah. I never, I mean, at first I did, I felt like before I did, but then when I built relationships and like, you know, had friends and just like, I didn't know anyone in America, you know? And I kind of, in those three years, I feel like I got distant from my mom because I only talked to her on the phone, and it wasn't even often, you know, just because back then to call Nigeria, like, you had to go buy these cards. Yeah. And we had to have the phone. So I was like, it was just a lot. Like, we didn't have a phone. Like, so it was, yeah, it was just, like, a lot to talk to her. So I didn't talk to her that much. So I kind of got disconnected from her in those three years, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, and then... I guess from age, so what, she left when you were five and then you came to this yeah. when eight.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and what about your brother? Did, did your siblings, um, like you You mentioned an older brother and I know you have a younger one. Did they have the same mentality as you that they wanted to stay?
1: My older brother, my older brother did. My older brother did. Um, my younger brother and sisters were still so young. Like, And I really didn't see them as often too. So like, I don't know, it was like a picture where me and my dad and my brothers and my sister were there and we took a picture together. And I always remember that like, we came together that day to take that picture. It was like, I haven't seen you guys in forever. And like, we, you know, so it was like, and it's like right before we started traveling, you know that's when we started being more together.
0: Did you, b- did you bounce? We bounce around a, a lot of cities, or when that same kind of vicinity, like um, you say, you. Were- no,
1: Enugu. Enugu was the city we bounced around. Enugu and suka was another city. Enugu and Sokka were the two cities that we bounce. Ar- that we bounce around.
0: Would you say you were bouncing around because, because m- mostly because of that family member that was kind of hosting you guys, or you kids were just uneasy? and wanted to keep moving or what was the reason?
1: You know, to this day, I really don't know. Um, Yeah, I really don't know. I know some places we went, you know, we didn't, you know. Yeah, I just, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the full story why, but it was, some places we went, it wasn't as welcoming, you know, so.
0: But it seemed like it seemed like you enjoyed it though. I mean you wanted to stay, you felt you felt good. It was just Yeah, talented. yeah.
1: No, definitely, definitely. Wanted to stay. Um yeah, definitely wanted to stay. And when I lived in uh in Enugu at my mom's grandma's house, that's in uh, federal housing, that's when I that's when I really liked uh Nigeria. That's like that's where I, I prefer to be most of the time. Like, my uh, grandpa has the same last name as me. So he like was, he has the same name as me, Jude, you know? So he was always, uh, I, I was named after him. So he always took liking to me. He always like, just like, you know, I was special. I was special over there. So I was always, I was like being there, you know?
0: You like but, being in your neighbor, in your grandparents' neighborhoods from your mom's side. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that's I actually have a similar story. My grandparents from my mother's side raised me, um and um yeah i i I feel like they gave me special treatment so i felt pretty comfortable there and
1: yeah uh, um
0: no i I get you man it was the same for me when uh, the day i i was saying goodbye to everybody i couldn't even look people in the eye i couldn't even come out of my room we had like this uh you know party where everybody showed up neighbors family members friends i couldn't leave my room to say goodbye bro i was just broken but i wasn't ready for that moment before that night i was mentally like yeah yeah you know i'm i know i'm going i know my mom said this is the best for us so we're gonna go
1: Uh and
0: um, i'm ready to say goodbye to people but then when the moment came i was not ready bro i was not ready at all i was like i can't even talk dude i started sobbing crying that like out of breath kind of cry that you get (gasps) like i couldn't do anything and um people partied for two not partied right they just got together for about two three hours could say everybody yeah. everybody just left and when everybody left i knew okay like i i meant i was mentally broken for a while and um so it, it was tough i loved I, I don't think people realize how tough it is to leave the only thing that you you know right like for
1: you it was yeah. Like, yeah and um, i just have to imagine how hard it is for my mom you know like she you know <laughs> lived her whole life there and like you know, still had the guts to say, you know, we're going to leave against the odds, you
0: know, so. so. What your mom did is one in a million, bro.
1: Like, you know, all no in real. its own
0: here. It's all in it, yeah. bro. I
1: understand that more now, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same for me. My mom lived in, in Colombia for 30-something years, and I, th- I still think she hasn't fully immersed into american culture but it's like of course right like yeah 30 something years you know so it's like crazy how do you think your mom has, has adapted to american culture is she still very much like nigerian or do you think she's a little bit of both
1: i mean for her like eating wise her home wise she's still very nigerian she likes to eat nigerian dishes she doesn't really like american dishes Yeah, and uh yeah so but as far as like communicating with people, she's getting more American. She's getting slangs in there, you know. So she's, 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 you know, she's doing her thing.
0: That's cool, man. Um, okay, so yeah, I guess tell me a little bit more about when you moved to the states, the moment you left, and I guess how you adapted to American lifestyle all the way until now. I
1: guess. Okay, um, quick. Let me
0: find the charge of my phone.
1: About oh, it's all good. Yep. Go ahead. All right. So yeah, um, when I moved here, I moved here like I moved here, uh, and um, immediately we we had to go to uh we went to Holy Family School because one we a Nigerian priest that um, that my mom knew from Nigeria, he was uh he was stationed at Holy Family Catholic School, which was in Citrus Heights, like not too far from us. Mm -hmm. So um, he got us uh, like uh, help to like pay to go to school there and stuff. He got us like financial help with that. And um, when I first got there, you know, I couldn't really speak good English. What grade were you in? When I got there, I I was in first grade. Okay. I was in first grade. Are you so,
0: did you have to go back in schooling a little bit
1: you yeah did. i had to i had to go back one year okay so oh yeah i went back one year still didn't fit in because i didn't speak well and uh wait no not first grade it was i got here in second grade i want to say second grade yeah got here second grade and i repeated third okay yeah and then um it was just hard for me, you know, like as a to like get um accustomed to everything, like even like the streets. Like I remember the first day coming, like the streets, like were just so nice. Everything was just so nice, and like I I enjoyed that, but I didn't have friends for a while, like you know, like till I would say like middle school is when I started actually like getting friends, you know, and. That's when I got better with my English and, yeah. So. And what wasn't, What middle school was that? Stayed at Holy Family. Stayed at oh, Holy okay. Family until high school it was an elementary and middle school. Ah, uh, okay.
0: They had be- everything,
1: kind of and everything.
0: Yeah. Did you know anybody in high school? For, did anybody from Rio go to Holy Family?
1: Um, hmm. Yeah, wait, hold on. Who came from the man? I'm blanking. <laughs> no, I think a lot of holy family kids went to Jesuit. Uh huh. A lot of holy family kids went to Jesuit. Yeah, like, yeah, like, uh, man, who do you know from Jesuit that went to holy family? Uh,
0: Nah, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I was, I was wondering if anybody like, cause you made friends in high school, in middle school. And then did you keep them through, through high school or, I mean.
1: It's crazy. I'm still like, well, I mean, most of my, my close friends, I think I, I am still friends with, we not all as close, but. Uh, yeah. I, I still kept most, I kept my friends, but I made different sets of friends in high school and yeah, I made. I definitely made different friends in high school. I feel like I'm more close with my high school friends, so.
0: yeah, I feel the same. I feel like a lot of high school people suck around in my life and mm-hmm. just reunited with some and
1: yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's just I guess when you spend a lot of time with people in high school, that bond never breaks, and if you're still if you're still around the, each other's lives, you just mm-hmm. still hang out, you know so yeah. um but so did you was there ever a point where you kind of looked around and when you moved and, and you didn't like it at all, you wanted to go back. Did you tell yeah, I me mean,
1: you wanted to go back? I feel like for the first three years, I was really not happy with it. Like for the first three years I was here, I was just like, um, I just was like, dang, like, cause I had a lot of friends in, in Nigeria. Like I had a lot of friends and like, I couldn't do any of the same activities. Like I couldn't even go outside by myself out here. Like, like it was like, I came here and I lost all my privileges. Like I was able to walk around from the beginning of the day to the end of the day and like, just be free, you know, like have my own liberties as a child, you know? (laughs) But once I came to America, it was like, no, you got to stay indoors. And like, like what, like, where does this come from? I think
0: that's the weirdest Uh, thing about the states is that people are overprotective like they're very safe streets there's no real Mm -hmm. danger out there I guess what everyone fears is like some weirdo you know kidnapping your kid but when you compare that that risk to the risks on the streets in third world Mm -hmm. countries my mom never cared how long I was out throughout the day never cared she just expected me expected me to be home at a certain time and I knew Mm -hmm. I was going to be home at that time and the same for me, I moved and I couldn't go outside because apparently nobody went outside and no parents trusted their kids to go outside. I'm mm-hmm. like, what going happen out there?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for real. And I would always sneak out and like go to the river or the creek and just like, just hang out over there and stuff. But it was just like, yeah, I felt like it's just a lot more strict in America for a young person. Like, you can't do anything. Like, I remember I'd go buy alcohol because when I was in Nigeria, like, we'd buy like palm wine, you know, <laughs> like palm wine. I'd, I would drink that, you know, I'd go buy some palm wine and drink it. And um, it was just like, I probably shouldn't have been doing that as a, as a, as a young kid like that, you know. But um, it's like, you can't drink here till you're 21 at all. And I'd buy smokes for my uncle. He'd always send me to buy smokes and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, out here, just like you're expected to really be a kid which is good, which is good. I guess it's,
0: it's good. And then you kind of realize that there's not a lot to talk. Like if I compare my brother's childhood to mine, Mm -hmm. he may have some stories, but I think it's more going to be a general depiction of, Oh yeah, I just grew up here and went to school here. Mm -hmm. If yeah, if if you, if I was to ask you and if you were to ask me, give me stories from your childhood, I have a lot of fucking stories. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to hear some sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it, there's a lot of things that happen, but by just pure um, coincidence of being out on the on the streets all day, you know that that's more, like so many there's yeah. so many things you can run into. No, yeah, no. We
1: we me and my brother ran into some horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we ran into some horrible stuff. But I don't even want to talk on camera,
0: but yeah, yeah, dude. That's the thing about Nigeria is it's gotta. Reputation, huh? Being pretty dangerous. Yeah.
1: Do you feel safe when you go when you go back now? I feel. I always feel safe, but I feel safe everywhere. I don't know why. (laughs) My mom, my mom, always worries about me about that because I really do. I feel safe everywhere. I don't know. I feel like protected, like you know, know. My mom prays. She's a very religious person, and I don't know. I've always been able to go anywhere, any where I wanted and been good like and yeah so I just I always feel safe man I always feel safe and I know how to operate over there so it's like I know what to watch out for I know how to get move around and you just have to like when I get in cars you know you got to just make sure who's around you who's watching you yeah yeah
0: so um, do you remember if your mom moved on like a student visa and then she kind of converted that into a green card and when she did that, she was able to bring you guys? Is that kind of how, how she did the whole process?
1: Yeah, pretty much. No, it was a work visa, not student visa. Oh, she okay. did to on a work visa. Yeah, but yeah, pretty much same
0: thing. And then, um, I mean, it, I kind of agree with you that it probably took me three years to kind of feel... Like, okay, I, I'm used to this now, um, but how do you feel now? Um, how old are you now? Are you 27 or 28? 28, yeah. You're 28. How do you think, I mean, that whole journey has shaped you? And, like, would you have had it any other way? Would you have rather stayed longer in, in Nigeria? Like, how do you think being an immigrant from uh, from Nigeria and moving at a young but mature age for being nigerian uh, has shaped
1: you um man i i think it's you know really made me it made me who i am and I, I wouldn't i wouldn't change it and i go back more now and you know i go back a lot more since my dad is there and it just i feel like i have something i you know like if i feel like i have something i can go i can go to like i have a safe haven like i can just go there because I do feel safer when I'm in Nigeria that's the crazy thing like I legit feel safer when I'm in Nigeria I don't know why but it's just I know the faces you know when I know the faces so it's just yeah I and I like I like um I think it's just made me like more able to deal with things like I don't really get stressed out when things go bad like this is like I just know it's gonna like I'm, we're gonna I'm be able to get through it, you know. Like I don't really, I feel like it just made me stronger that way. Like,
0: have you kept that Nigerian identity with you the whole time? Because I guess I haven't seen you in many, many years. Um, in high school, it wasn't something that was really the center of of conversation. Like what where you're from and how that shapes you. Um, mm-hmm. But have you kept those roots like? you know, uh, at the forefront of of who you are? Or do you think they've kind of come and gone? And as you've gotten older, you identify more? Or did you identify more when you had just recently come?
1: I feel like um, I've always identified as Nigerian. You know, like, even when people to the day, like, they ask me where I'm from, I would say I was born in Nigeria. I was raised in Sacramento, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because, like I said, it's like a whole different life that I lived out there. So it's like... I feel like I lived the whole life and it's not over because I still go back and I still have those same connections that I made when I was out there. It's crazy. I still have friends from when I was like freaking five years old, you know, that, you know, I still connect with now. And my uncles, like, they call me every other day. Like, you know, so it's like, they're informing me. I'm like, they're keep, I'm like keeping up on drama and shit that's going on over there. So it's like, yeah, you know, I do really I strongly identify with it and uh, yeah. I think it's maybe why.
0: And uh what about the Nigerian community in the United States? Like do you think it's it's a close one or do you think because I feel like Colombians they're very together on the east coast but you come to the west coast and we're just kind of spread out and there's no real community mm-hmm. but I think Nigeria Nigerians are a lot in quantity or a lot more than us. Um, but how, how is it uh, in, in
1: California, I guess? I mean, we do have a community, a strong community in the Bay Area, a decent community out here. We have like even bigger, even more narrow. Like we have a strong Igbo community, which is just a tribe that I'm from, Igbo, you know? So like we have Igbo masses, so church every uh, first Sunday. We have, you know, mass and evil and so they doing our native tongue and um yeah so we have a decent community out here we have parties you know we always have nigerian parties like every weekend out here that someone can go to if you're nigerian you know i mean anyone can come but they just have you know beds birthdays and stuff like that we're yeah we're a pretty pretty tied in community um i feel like my my parents generation were way closer
0: Closer in culture, you mean, right?
1: No, closer in like togetherness.
0: I see. I see. They Nigerian. just spend more time. They spend more time with more Nigerians.
1: Yeah, like they did a lot of Nigerian events. I remember growing up, we always had Nigerian events at my house, so there was always a cultural salon.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool, man. Yeah, I feel like Colombians, you know, I once I left. Uh, it's only when I go back or if I go to the East coast that I feel mm-hmm. like, cause I think a lot of people, a lot of people ask me in these countries, like, how is it to be in the United States? And I tell them, you can do one or two things. You can go to the United States and find your people and hang out with your people and you're going to keep your culture, but you may not. And, and I'm not saying this for everybody. You, they may not make as much money or get ahead as fast as, there's like a more Americanized way that people. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to split the two and and tell people like, look, if you're going to America, it's great to keep your culture, but I do think you should fit in with what an American is because then that's when I feel like you, I wouldn't say segregate yourself, but Mm -hmm. maybe you end up, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all. It's just culture and, and whatever orient people. But you might end up be living here for 30 years, not ever learning English and work the jobs that your community has worked instead of kind of spreading out and maybe choosing for your own. Because sometimes when yeah. you leave your culture's mentality, you find you person- see
1: something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, that's real. Yeah, that's real. I feel like you do have to. Uh- I mean you came if you come here for to America, you come here for a reason. You came here for an opportunity. You're not coming for the same opportunity you had in your country, you know. So you have to be open to the American way of 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 business, at least, you know. At least you can, you know. Yeah, because you don't really that's one thing about Asians. Asians don't they don't com- commute to the American lifestyle i feel like the asian community stays you know like they for the most part they're very uh they have you know there's chinatown in every major city you know like they have their own people they but that doesn't affect them because they do business you know really well they're really good at business so it's like they're still gonna they still get into like the craziest like they get they're in a fish market they're in the fashion industry they're in the media industry you know like they can still do the they don't they don't uh, tunnel their themselves into just one industry but they still they help each other and they you know so it's like i feel like having a community like that is is the is the best but it's like it takes a lot of structure i don't even know how they 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 did that like they created that i was like genius like i don't know how they did that like
0: yeah i do that the chinese have it's so funny cuz any country that i go to and I, mostly europe cuz the chinese don't really come to north africa or deeper africa but you are for sure going to find a chinese place they're selling the mm-hmm. same thing as the last guy the different country and they have mm-hmm. broken whatever italian or spanish yep. but they Learn it. Though. They learn it. They learn that broken English or broken uh, Spanish or French. Mm-hmm. And they're doing well and they got their own. It would be crazy to be able to speak Mandarin and get into their head because, you know, through language like here's the thing about language that I think is, is fascinating. I may understand you right here, me and you, but we're communicating through a tunnel called English. And English only has this set of words and ideology mm-hmm. and concept. Maybe an E what's the language of Ebo? Is it Ebo language or what? Yeah, Igbo,
1: yeah.
0: Igbo language. Dude, Ebo is a whole different construct of ideas and mentality that I will never be able to tap into simply because I don't speak that language. So that's the same thing about Mandarin for me is like, I can try to understand how these people function but mm-hmm. I don't speak I, like the way they communicate. It kind of gathers all of like mentality and ideology. And I, I would love to know how, how that works because they, these people make it everywhere. They, they don't, and they don't yeah. give themselves one excuse. They just, yeah. they just
1: do it. Yeah. They're in Nigeria too, man. They're in Nigeria too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, man, they're in Nigeria. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> bro. I was saying last time I was over there, I was in uh. I was in this club, bro, and something just, this shit just, like, kicked me in the head, bro. There's this Asian dude in the club, like, swagged down. <laughs> and I was, like, I walked up to him, I was, like, oh, bro, you, like, you, I thought he was from, like, America, the way he was dressed. I was, like, oh, bro, you look so fresh. And this fool starts talking to me in Igbo, bro. My mind just, I was, like, what? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, bro, like, what? Like, <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> i so like shit, bro like what the fuck <laughs>
0: the um th- there's one particular trait to the way that chinese people linguistically um speak in in, in spanish is they cannot say the r that
1: mm, yeah, yeah.
0: like not even close bro so they, mm. they just replace the r with an l so every mm. r is an l but you know a lot of people don't learn a second language cuz even me I'll try french and I'm like dude I can't say this word so you know what I'm not going to say this word I'm not going to these yeah. people are chinese they don't replace it if they, say, if they say lice instead of rice and then every other word with r they don't care and they look at you in the eye like you better understand
1: me you know cuz i'm mean. trying my
0: ass off here and they don't care it's ah, <laughs> so funny
1: Hey, bro, but I do got to get going. I got to go get. Hey,
0: yeah, no, I was going to wrap up, um, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome talk, man. I appreciate you telling me about your journey and, um, and yeah, I hope, I hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, when I get back to the States, I'm sure I'll run into you. Hopefully, hopefully in SAC. Come to. Yeah, our- man. SAC or LA, bro. It. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, talk to your mom for me. Uh, let me know if she can tell me a little bit uh, about her story and uh, it doesn't have to be long. I expected this to be way shorter if I'm honest, but you just get in conversation, you know?
1: Yeah. no, It's like hanging out
0: <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up. Um, so yeah. Talk to your mom for me. I appreciate the talk. I um, will let you know when this is uh, all done. I'll probably post it this or next week. I have two more that I need to post uh, in like backward motion. Um, but dude, appreciate you giving me the time, man.
1: Thank you. All righty.